Hi everyone, welcome to Creative Outline. If you're looking for any creative outlets that you haven't tried yet, this is where you go. Today's episode will be about albums and album visuals, specifically for music. So, if that's something you guys are interested in, let's go ahead and jump right in. Thanks for listening. Hello everyone, I hope you're having a good day. Um, I don't remember what podcast number this is, but we're going to jump right into it. So music music visuals and album visuals. I'm just going to jump straight into it. The history of visual music dates back as far as the 16th century through, I think his name is Joseph Archibald. Um, he studied the P- Pythagorean harmonic proportions of tones and semitones. And he displayed the relationship between the music scale from the brightness of the colors, which I thought was just like insane. Um, he managed to render an octave in 12 semitones with colors ranging from white to black with grayscale paintings. Um, and that would gradually darken with the white color using the black for indicating the rise in semitones, which is just like, Wow. Okay, that's so cool, 16th century man, what the hell? I figured that out last night, um, and I'll put all my research and link it down below so you guys can read it yourself, but I was like, damn, that's crazy. That's intense. Um, But to give you guys a little preface for something that's a little more modern, something that we all know today, if you guys aren't aware of it, is um, the first visual album that was kind of modern that we have today is from 1964, which is A Hard Day's Night by the Beatles. We all know the Beatles are known for being pretty experimental, but it was said in this article to be effortlessly charming and casually innovative for its time. Uh, Popular songs known on this visual album were Help, Can't Buy Me Love, She Loves You, and I Love Her. Um, Especially with it being in 64, yeah, this was a huge break between them becoming experimental and going for what mostly was like the 50s 60s period um there's this one song that i really enjoy by them what theo okay that's my cat hold on let me let her out go go on sorry anyway that was my cat um her name's theo but (laughs) there's one song that i really like by them I can just look it up right now, actually, because I have the computer right in front of me. But super cute song from the 60s. um, And I recommend that you guys listen to it. Uh, Oh, Till There Was You. It's like such a good song. So cute. And I'm pretty sure most of that album, excuse me, if I'm not mistaken, is a cover album. It's called With the Beatles. Uh, It's in the rock genre, and it was made in 1963. So, moving on from that, some of my favorite Beatle visuals um, are Sgt. Pepper Vinyl, Sgt. Pepper Vinyl, um, and this was made in 1967. This is crazy to me. I think that this is, like, really cool information because I thought the White Album was made after Abbey Road um, because I'm an uncultured swine. But (laughs) it's crazy to me because these albums are so long, and if you guys ever studied how the Beatles make their music, They were in the studio for far longer, like pissing off people because they wanted their album to be as good as it possibly could be. So they would be in there for hours. If you guys uh, research the song Helter Skelter, that's on their White Album. Uh, Ringo, which is the main uh, drummer, 
he actually had like really bloody blisters on his hands because they played that song for 30 minutes straight um, while recording it. So, you know, just like the time and dedication that it takes for the amount of fucking songs that they have on these albums. And I get some people out here that are going to be listening to this podcast are not Beatles stands. I understand. Okay. I understand that it's not for everyone and I'm not asking you to listen to it if you simply don't enjoy it. But as a Beatles stan, I ask you to just like simply just appreciate it. Okay. Like just appreciate the craft because think about it. And let me pull up how many songs are on each album. Again, the first one in 63 is probably one of their smallest albums because let's see. The white album. Well, gonna start playing music. Um, the white album has 17 songs on the first disc then on the second disc it has 13 songs and then a documentary documentary attached to it abbey road has 18 songs and that includes the visual the music video uh revolver or i, I guess we can go towards um sergeant pepper sergeant pepper has 14 songs which is a more common one makes sense for their first headliner album but you know like those are a lot of songs to make and they made all of these within three years sergeant pepper vinyl visual and the vinyl was made in 1967 the white album 1968 literally a year after so while they were touring and doing sergeant pepper they were making the white album which i think is fucking crazy um and then <laughs> after that with abbey road it came out, for some reason, it was weirdly specific on Google, but it came out September 26, 1969. So they literally made three albums in three years. That's crazy, okay? Like, that's a lot of work. I'm making one album this year. <laughs> and to think that I'm going to make another one next year, that's a lot, okay? That's that's a lot of work. It's a lot. Um, I just find it really impressive. So, like, credit to them because that's insane. But more so specifically getting into the visuals. Sgt. Pepper is a colorful and experimental um, eye-catching visual. Along with the vinyl, you will find a pamphlet of the music and songs recorded in it. And how the main album cover was created before Photoshop was invented. It's really cool. Um, I have the vinyl. That was one of my first Beatles like vinyls. It was, it, it was like fitting because it was my time where I was experimenting with psychedelics and like, you know, getting into that. And I had friends that were really you know in into that kind of music um so with that said with the like colorful and experimental vibe for their time period what they were doing as everybody knows th the reason they're so big is because they just followed their own path they didn't really give a shit about what anybody else was saying they actually got pissed during the 60s when their music started to really change and shift because they're like, fuck you. You know, like I want to make my music. I want to do it the way I want to do it. And I don't have to stick to this sixties classic because if you guys just take the time to research it, their sixties music sounds very sixties. It's very classic nuance. You would think of the sixties when you hear it, but then every other album after that is really different. Um, and, and neither are the same. Like the Beatles have their signature sound and their signature style, but Sgt. Pepper 
is like that pivotal moment where they're like, we're going to just like change to a limit or go beyond a limit that people cannot like really understand or take back. Like we're going to make a move, which is like really cool that you can do that within music because with Sgt. Pepper being there, White Album being the next album that comes out, this is a classy visual. It's clean and it's the signature for the Beatles style and aesthetic. Um, it, it sets a tone pretty much. It like sets everything in stone. With the White Amp uh, album, it's a symbol set. Oh, what did I write here? <laughs> Excuse me. The White Album is simple yet leaves most of the visuals up to your imagination. The playful music and moving rhythm is the signature sound of the Beatles. So this is really a pivotal moment because it's it's like during the White Album, I would say, because Sgt. Pepper is like very like, blah, you know, like loud visually as well as for your ears, you know, and and with the White Album, it kind of sets the tone of like, no, we're going to continue to do this, you know, like we're going to continue to experiment and have fun. And so some of my favorites on this track, because White Album is my absolute favorite of the Beatles, is Rocky Raccoon. I'm so tired. Happiness is a warm gun. And as well as um, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Um, yeah, all-time favorite. I, I, I would consider it one of the like more mature Beatle albums, if that makes sense. It's like kind of more, it's like, you know, Billie Eilish had her first couple albums. But like, you know, the second sophomore album is usually the album where you're like, okay, they're setting the tone. Like, this is them, you know? And I think for Billy, it was her third album, you know, call me again, you know, that one. And like, I think that was, that's the same thing with the white album where it just set the tone where it's like, okay, the Beatles are the Beatles and like, nobody can change that, which is really cool. Again, it's very like interesting to me that music can have that kind of power. Um, so let's bring it more to modern day. Two of the most inspiring artists that I listen to push their music with compelling visuals and different artistry within their music. This gives a stronger message and vibration to what music is and can be. It can be a story. And good examples of this are Melanie Martinez and Beyonce. Yes, we're going to talk about Beyonce. Um, so Beyonce, born in Houston, Texas, has received over 32 Grammys throughout her three-decade career. That's insane. That's that's really fucking crazy. Um, <laughs> one of her most recent victories was her new album, Renaissance, um, a house album, very experimental, uh, as well as her Beachella performance as the first African-American woman to be the headliner of Coachella 2018, which is a huge step. You know, that's a huge step for history. That's really cool. And if you guys haven't watched it, watch Beachella. It is, I think, on, um, what is that called? HBO? but it's so good. It makes so much sense. And again, I understand if you guys are not Beyonce stands, but honestly, when it comes to that, I don't know why. Okay. I don't know why I find her music to be extremely empowering. I find her music to be something where she's like always trying to lift people up or send a message. Um, and I'll talk about that in my notes. So to talk specifically about her visuals can be hard to pinpoint uh, from her many music videos and performances to her visual production on her albums, vinyls, and merch. So to narrow it down, we'll only talk about a couple of her albums and the visuals. I recently purchased merch from her latest collection uh, this past year for my sister's birthday. 
so in 2022 when it came out. The vinyl in real life is absolutely beautiful, uh, including a 19 by 24 two-sided poster, as well as many theme photo shoots printed on it. It's very nice. The The visuals are very nice on it. Um, I also purchased a set of Renaissance gloves. Those were cool, dude. Um, they were far more expensive. They were like really expensive. Like the album, I mean, the vinyl, I think was about $44 at the time. And then the gloves were $104, like gloves, you know, I was like, what the fuck? But I got them for my sister because she's also a Virgo and she's that extra. If you didn't know, Beyonce's a Virgo, but I was kind of worried about the quality. So I was like, all right, whatever. Shot in the dark. It's her birthday. She'll like them. I know she'll wear them. And um, Val's particularly rough with her clothes and not a single tear. Like she's had them for a year now, not a single tear or a rhinestone has fallen off, which I'm like, okay. And like, I felt the gloves like <laughs> kind of endorsing them for you. Nice quality. Everything she gives is nice quality. And Val is like a huge Beyonce stan. She loves Beyonce. And one thing that Val always told me is that Beyonce does not half-ass anything. And you can see that in any of her performances, anything she does, she does not half-ass. She gives 110% in every performance, every album, every song, every visual for each song. Like she's, it's crazy. So just keep that in mind next time you want to go against Beyonce. <laughs> Overall, the visuals in Renaissance are earthy and reminiscent of the 60s, with brown and orange tones as the backlighting, and green and red tones as the main wardrobe besides silver and black. Um, I find this very interesting because there was a lot of, like, in her new visuals, like, these wood tones, but also, like, there's this, the main picture is her in this, like, silver bikini. It's, like, in this, like, silver metal bikini on a silver horse and it's just really cool like I just like the tones that she used and it's a one part album to a three collectible so I'm trying to get all those albums for Valerie but you see the you know the dedication that she came out with Renaissance it already said act one on the vinyl so she knew she was gonna do three whole freaking albums you know which is like Jesus um <laughs> Um, a complete contrast to this is her prior album, Lemonade. Lemonade is a vinyl sold as a storybook encasing a vinyl of mixed emotions. Beyonce consoles herself during a challenging time in her personal life, the grieving period of losing uh, the love she had with her husband and later regaining it and learning from the experience. The album, uh, the album, you know, you know, the album. The album's tones range from blue, yellow, brown to the signature black and white tones you see in some of her videos, such as Sorry. Um, the experience is raw and extremely honest, whereas Renaissance is soothing experience, a vibration of personality. And I remind you that this is just one artist. You know, this is freaking crazy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I would look into Beyonce. She has some great visuals, some great inspiration, especially for my uh, feminines out there. Um, and even for my masculines, like you can pull inspiration from her because she's powerful. Um, but next, we'll go ahead and dive into Melanie Martinez. Okay, I'm going to try my best in this segment to not get excited. Um, so just bear with me because we're talking about one of my favorite artists, like, on this human planet. So 
Melanie Martinez, born in Astara or Astoria, Queens. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, New York. She rose to fame in 2012 after appearing on The Voice, an American television show based on singing performance. Uh, I'm sure you guys know a bit. Um, her first EP was named Dollhouse and then was later signed to Atlantic Records in 2014 because of her album. Um, so I love Melanie Martinez so much. She is my favorite artist and someone I connect to really deeply. As far as visual representation goes, her vibe is pastel goth with additions of whimsical madness. Um, or if you guys have ever played that video game, Alice Returns to Madness, that kind of aesthetic. Um, her first album is named Crybaby and is told through her main persona, Crybaby. Um, so the character Crybaby experiences trauma through her childhood and is forced to push through until she later goes to school. So this album has close to eight visuals um, and it's kind of what her persona looked like, like what her persona's life looks like and who Crybaby is and like getting to know this character that she's come up with. Um a really cool fact about Melanie is her affinity for vintage toys and like vintage things in general. Um, it's like later included in the sound of her album. So literally the toys that she would go co and collect, she'd use them in her album and you can hear it. And it's just so cool to me. It's like, okay, you know how like Beyonce is for Val, you know, like Virgo, Virgo. Melanie is my Beyonce, okay? <laughs> like, she is, like, the muse, like, the inspiration, um, especially growing up, um, because we're both Tauruses, first off. But at the same time, this came out in 2014, uh, so at that point, I was 15 years old, and it was just, like, truly inspiring. You know, I feel like a lot of times in all of our lives, we're going through something, and we don't really know how to, like, you know, especially at 15, you don't really know how to work through it and music is just one of those things that like transcends reality for a lot of people and that was something that Melanie did for me where it was like such a nice thing to come to because the things that she writes about and sings about if you guys aren't interested in her music understandable but please just like look at the lyrics at most because she is like a real writer like she's real and raw and the things that she write about are not pretty. And I feel like this came after a time of like, it was like this outbreak back in like 2012. No, I'm not talking about crackle nail polish, but, <laughs> but I am talking about um, Lady Gaga and like Katy Perry. They were these first huge headliners of like, for Lady Gaga, it was like a lot of queer references and a lot of like, you know, uh, drag references and like, all these things that like were really new to the public eye and were really like weird in that sense because I remember looking at Lady Gaga when I was younger and being like Ugh. but now you know it's Gaga you know like <laughs> and I, I got on it but it takes time you know and that's the same thing with Melanie where I feel like she was a huge step even just personally in my life of me taking my problems seriously and like having somebody out there who was writing music and giving me inspiration on how I was feeling and like the real reality of what I was feeling, like the dark, sad things that I was feeling to be able to like resonate with an artist so well and like feel exactly what she's putting out there really helped me when in my younger years. So that's why I hold her so dear 
I think that she's a fantastic creative. I think she's insanely creative and she isn't afraid to stand out if it means that she's being her true self, which is like so cool, like really cool. Like she's just a great role model. And I just think that her aesthetic suits me very, very well. <laughs> so um, when we come back to her sophomore album, this is still the persona of Crybaby, but it was graciously named K through 12, which encapsulates Crybaby's experience in school. Um, and she made an entire film for her album. This was like highly anticipated. I remember when this was coming out, I was hyped. It was 2019. I was so ready. I saw the album come out. I watched the movie immediately and I immediately bought tickets. And you know what happened after 2019? Can you guess? Can you guess people? Yeah, COVID. So I didn't get to go. Okay. I am still booty hurt about it. I'm still mad, but it's fine. I just try to convince myself that it wasn't my album, but you bet money I'll be there. Hold on. Okay. Next album she comes out with, I will be there. Um, and I've done this before. I think that's why I'm so mad because her first album came out in 2014 and I was like, ah, there'll be another one. She's like a hit, you know, like she'll be out with another one. 2014 to 2019. That's a long time to wait. And I didn't ever think that she was going to put anything else out. I got so scared. So I immediately bought tickets. And then the universe was like, no, <laughs> not this album. <laughs> anyway, enough about me. Um, it was filmed in a really interesting location. It was in Budapest, Hungary, a castle painted as a school in Melanie's palette. Um, it was like looking through a keyhole into Crybaby's fantastical world. It was so cool. It was like this grander castle. It was, it was Crybaby on a bigger level, you know, more budget, you know, behind the story. And it was just beautiful. Like everything in it, the colors, the costumes, the story, the visuals, the, um, the castle itself just like was used beautifully. Like she did a fantastic job of directing, of making her music, of making the story fit. It was just like, chef's kiss like just so freaking good so i i i really age you if you don't care for this type of music put it on mute and like put it in the background you'll see the visuals they're just so nice <laughs> i'm just asking you to like let your eye holes have that experience because it's very calming and soothing um and also tells a good story if you're in like a head state where you need new inspiration um, some of my favorite songs from both of these albums, I'll start with Crybaby, is Pacify Her, Miss Potato Head, Teddy Bear, and Sippy Cup, and then on K-12, through Show and Tell, Nurse Office, Recess, and Detention. So, here comes the big break, because I'm so hyped about this. I found out about this like three days ago from Valerie, and I'm so ready, but there has been an announcement that... She is coming out with yet another album. And I'm like, bro, it's time. I'm going to this fucking concert. I swear. But the new album is called Portals and has been well awaited by her fans and her huge following as she transforms into a new character based on a past life regression. So in this one, um, I'll just let you guys in on a little, um, what is it? A spoiler, so if you don't want to hear this, skip a minute ahead or 15 seconds, whatever. Um, but basically, in the end of K through 12, 
she's able to either go through a portal into another life or stay as crybaby in this life. And she chooses to go through the portal. So crybaby passes and she is reborn into this like really cool, like fae, fairy, like awesomeness. And like, <laughs> and I don't really know how to explain it, but it, it I'm so excited because the album's not out yet. It's expected on the 31st of March, which is the end of this month. Bro, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And it's just really cool. Another thing about Melanie that I really enjoy is that she involves a lot of her spirituality in her music. Um, And a lot of artists, I don't know, that I personally have experienced or listened to, I find that that's not on the forefront of what they're talking about or singing about or, you know, uh, on the forefront of their minds. But in one of her songs, um, it's on one of her EPs. It's her newer EP. I have it right here. Let me look it up. It is after school EP and it's called test me as well as field trip. Those are specifically talking about how she is like a star seed, how she feels that like she's otherworldly and that she wants the higher level energies around her to like teach her something. As well as with field trips, she's saying like, I'm aware of like my divine evanescence and like, I know that I'm powerful. Like she's a powerful manifester. And it's just so freaking cool because she has a very gentle nature about her. She's not like super intense. Um, But yeah, that's just like my rant about that. Um, (laughs) So for the aesthetics, as far as each album goes, Crybaby is very pastel-y. It has a lot of like cutesy aspects to it, but it's like this tone of like cutesy with like a little bit of goth right but then a lot of sadness and like depression involved and I know I'm not selling this well but just just take a look and you'll see what I'm talking about because the aesthetics are actually pretty bright and um kind of like melancholic at the same time um And just like very soothing at the same time. And then as far as her new album Portals comes out, this is very um, fairy core, cottage core, and whimsical storytelling. The palette is pink, purple, and mossy and has very dark forest tones. So as far as tones go for Crybaby, it'd be pastels, blue, pink, purple, um, yellows, baby blues, um, stuff like that, and tones of what is it like teal yellow you know the usual when it comes to pastel and then her sophomore album is like her princess album like that is very like princessy pink gold purple um purples like deep purples light blues uh and and just like so many so many good things just like so good um (laughs) i'm really excited for her new album Um, But a couple other artists that I wanted to mention that are similar and I think have had inspiration from music like Melanie's would be Kim Dracula. He, or I want to say they, are a new artist online, uh, specifically on TikTok. But I would look them up. I'll link them down below. But their music is really cool. It's metal mixed with like kind of like a Suicide Boys vibe. Um, but very different and, and they're just really good. They're 
very, very good. I, I enjoy them. Um, they don't have a lot of visuals out, but the ones that they do remind me a lot of um, My Chemical Romance. They're reminiscent of that. Um, another artist in that category would be Alita, which is also in the K through 12 film. Uh, she plays Crybaby's best friend. She makes really good music, alternative. Again, not a lot of visuals, but similar vibe, similar tone, um, and a good artist. And then another mention would be Jasmine Bean. Again, not a lot of visuals for them, but they're known as a genderless monster uh, throughout the internet, as well as throughout their music. And their music is really good. I enjoy it. Um, so I would look into all those artists. I will link them below if you guys are looking for a similar vibe, if you guys also enjoy this kind of music like I do. Um, next, we'll be jumping into different artists, kind of more in the R&B route, um, like J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar. So let's go ahead and get on it. All right, we are on to the last segment of this podcast. Thank you for joining me this week, and I hope you guys have been enjoying this. Um, I'm just going to talk about a, a couple more honorable mentions as far as visual rep representation goes, as well as not visual representation. <laughs> so we'll start. I said I was going to start with Tyler, or I'm sorry, J. Cole and Kendrick, but we're actually going to start with Rihanna because Rihanna. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about is how music as well as like artistry can like leak into so many other things as far as rihanna goes rihanna is now known for her brand uh fenty and it's very popular it's an all-inclusive lingerie brand that is like meant to empower all sorts of people of color of gender of race of no gender to feel sexy and to feel good in their skin uh, no matter the weight size whoever you are she is all-inclusive which is like Again, a huge step forward in the world. Um, and she uses that, again, to make a movement, to do something with it, to be helpful to the world, to give the world something that is good. And I really enjoy that. Um, as far as her prior albums, you know, I've listened to Rihanna growing up my whole life. But um, I think it's the album with Desperado on it. You guys know what I'm talking about. It's it's one of her more recent ones. I think it's the one right before she stopped making music. Anti. That's the one. So Anti, Bitch Better Have My Money, uh, Diamonds album, and um, Unapologetic, Talk That Talk, Loud. They all scream a different kind of persona and personality that she gives in each album, which I think is really cool because all of them are very, very powerful. She's a very, very strong character. Um that just like represents something bigger than herself. So honorable mention to Rihanna. Thank you for your work and your brands, uh, as well as Fenty makeup. And next we have ASAP Rocky, ironically enough. <laughs> his album testing, I think, is worth mentioning. It's one of his last albums that he put out before he took a break. Um, and that one came out, I think, around 2021, 2019. Let me go ahead and check. But... It is going to play. Ah. Uh, it came out in 2018. And one of the songs that really I wanted to talk about is um, Kids Turned Out Fine. And with Kids Turned Out Fine, that visual is just like, his visuals are always like really um, 
metaphorical. They're like kind of hard to explain or describe. So I would give it a watch. I'll put it in the link below. But um, really good song, uh, as well as a really good message. Um, all of these things kind of speak to his experience, especially that album in particular. And um, it just shows his like style, which I think is really interesting. So honorable mention number two. Uh, the third one is Tyler, the creator. And we all, I, I'm sorry, the people I hang around is like everyone to me, you know, like even if this world has 8 billion people, the 10 people in front of me, I call everyone. So, <laughs> um, but with Tyler, the creator, everyone I know loves Tyler. We love Tyler. Okay. And one visual in specific that I want to talk about is cash in cash out. And that's really cool because, um, it, it mentions, I mean, not mentions it features Pharrell Williams as well as 21 Savage. And with those artists involved, the visual that they created um, was a, how do you say? It was basically like a CGI rendered claymation. So it was like a, a mimic of claymation. And it was super cool. Again, I will link it below. Really cool to watch. Really enjoyable. Gives off a tone and a vibe and is just like, worthwhile for inspiration um as well as his flower boy album that was when i first really started listening to tyler very emotional lots of visuals um he's he's a weird guy for sure but <laughs> very enjoyable and then as well as igor um again those personas taking over those different concepts um i think it's really interesting because with beyonce it was sasha fierce and then with tyler it's igor or or flower boy and then with Melanie, it's Crybaby. So it's it's funny because they take on these personas. And even Mac Miller had personas like these. Like he'd call them like different types of Macs, like sensitive Mac or like, <laughs> you know, greedy Mac, you know, shit like that, where it's like they give off a different tone and they can be their own entity. Like these personas and feelings can have their own personalities, which I find just like super cool. It's it's really, really interesting. Um so I wanted to talk about something else, too, to finish this off. When it comes to making music, I think that there is a lot of substance, as we've been talking about, in the visual. Um, and that comes along with marketing and, and all that kind of stuff, all the businessy stuff that comes along with that. But also, I think a really cool mention that is worth mentioning is with J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar as far as lyrical value goes. Um and like not saying that any of these other artists don't have lyrical value because they do. They just have a vision attached to it. Whereas it's not so much the vision for these artists. It, it, it just looks different. You know, like one's a very visual on video, videography kind of thing. Whereas the other is maybe a fashion show or, um, you know, a persona. Whereas for J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar, it is lyrical value. So with those in mind, uh, I know both of them have a couple visuals that they put up and, and they are compelling and powerful. I think with um, KOD, I think that's oh, what, what? <laughs> J. Cole's album before Off Season. That one is a really cool visual, just his art. And it speaks to the album. And I really love that album because to me, the way I took it in my brain was like, I'm going to do this trap shit, but I'm going to do it better, you know? <laughs> Like, just calling out all the little rappers that, you know, keep trying to, like, you know, 
put shit on his name. Um, and I just found that really interesting. With Kendrick Lamar, uh, I'm specifically talking about Mr. Morale. I mean, Damn had some pretty good lyrical value in it, but Mr. Morale is like on a whole nother level. That's like, not per, per se, it's his pinnacle, but like with Mac, you know, like Mac Miller has his albums where he has his different personas, but uh, Soulmates, I think it's called. It has Soulmates on it. But let's look it up just in case. We have the right source material. The Divine Feminine. The Divine Feminine for me was this like pivotal moment in Mac's career where he just like honed in on that skill. And same with, I think it's called ladders nope that's another song on the album it's called swimming um <laughs> it's just one of those it's like this growth that you see in the artist where you're like holy shit like this is some real raw stuff you know and as far as Kendrick and J. Cole go the way they do their storytelling is extremely lyrical like um one of J. Cole's albums is prior to KDO uh, or KOD, excuse me, uh, four eyes only you. Oh, what? What? For your eyes only. I don't know where that came from, but for your eyes only, again, another pivotal moment of J. Cole really maturing in his work. And with that, he talks about having a child and kind of his experiences. And it's kind of one of his more mellow albums, especially compared to 2014 Forest Hill Drive, where that one's a, a little grittier. Uh, I find it to be a little more uh, bitter in his experience. And then you get to off season and that one's just like, look at this, like, look at my craft, like, look at what I've honed in and like all the things that he's learned. And I think it's just really interesting. And as far as Kendrick Lamar goes with Mr. Morale, I'm pulling that up right now. That's just impressive. I think that's like album of the year, like album of the 10 years. I don't know. It's so good. It's just very real. You know, it's very real to his experience and what he's going through. And at the same time, every single song, every interlude is thought out. It is a well done album. It is so good. And again, the lyrical value is crazy. Like it's just a beautiful it's a beautiful culmination of these artists' experiences. And I think that it's super important to look into music as this, as a huge inspiration that is something bigger than ourselves, that we can create things out of this. Like, sure, you have a thought, then that thought turns into a song, then that song turns into an album, then that album makes a big hit, and you can make more albums. Or, or, you can make visuals that resonate and relate to others around you. And then you can make a whole brand curated on what you believe in. And then after that, you can speak to people in different ways of your different emotions and how that emotion feels to you and that how they can take that into their own perspective. You know, we're all reflections to each other. And so I think it's super important to remember that when you're listening to music. Um, but yeah, those are like the honorable mentions that I have. Um, I think the last one in my notes is Oliver Tree. Um, Oliver Tree is an alternative artist and he came out a couple years ago. He's kind of in the same route. I, would, I wouldn't say they're the same, um, but 
he's kind of in the similar route as Jochi, where they both were like, you know, internet trolls. <laughs> uh, I, I think Joji's story is really funny because somebody was like, you can't do this for real. And then he came out with slow dance. Um, I think that's what the song is called. I always abbreviate everything. So that's why I have to double check. Oh, it's not slow dance. Dancing in the dark. Yeah. Uh, that song. He was, it was his first one because somebody tested him saying, you're not a real artist, blah, blah, blah. You can't make anything real. And he said, yes, I can. And I think that's the same with Oliver Tree, where he uses his trolling and like that kind of, of his personality to full throttle his career. And again, changing up those personas, uh, because in the first album, Oliver Tree is this like scooter kid. And then in the second album, he's this like sad cowboy. And, and it's, it's funny, it's comical, because that's how the artist sees himself. Whereas you can say that in Mac Miller's albums, it's just a different culmination of him every time and he's aware of it. Um, because I would say his watching movies with the sound off album is his like, fuck boy rowdy album. And then <laughs> you get to his swimming album. And that one's kind of more of his mature uh real thoughts album and then you get straight into divine feminine and that one is like dead ass in love you know like these different stages of his life and then you get to circles and this is like unfortunately the finale and you can see the growth you know and i think that's just like super important in art is that you understand and see the growth in what you're doing and what you're providing. And I think the biggest lesson that I've learned in this past year with the help of music and everything that I've experienced is serving yourself is still serving others. So just take that some food for thought and thank you so much for listening. I will see you guys next week. Bye. really good podcast i'm gonna give myself a pat on the back for that because i enjoyed that um anyway i'll see you guys next week all links will be below and thank you for joining me this week on creative outline see ya